0: Greetings, Meltopians! If you've become enthralled by the dark wastes and nightscapes of Meltopia, and want to further explore its Stygian depths, consider joining our Patreon. For two dollars a month you could become a Meltopian. And gain access to the darkest artworks, as well as written mythos pieces contained in the Melgrim entries in Maltopia's own dark encyclopedia, and the legendary Corpus Diabolos, an elite publication containing essays written by the most esteemed dark scholars. For five dollars a month, become a feared mailsayer, and gain early access to episodes on the Maltopia and Sleepwake Cycle podcasts, and listen to new episodes of our audio series, Tales of Maltopia: The Lost Library. And the Weird Book. And for $10 a month, join the ranks of the MalSapien, where you can listen to our Patreon exclusive podcast, October's Children, as well as gain access to found recordings discovered throughout the world in The Weird Tapes. But if you're not ready to delve into the pitch just yet, and would rather swim the shallows to test the blackened waters, you can explore our public page which contains our entire backlog of Tales of Meltopia, The Lost Library, and the Weird Book, episodes from the Meltopia Podcast, which all together number over a hundred episodes. So, whether you want to become a full denizen of the dark, or simply peruse the public archives, come visit us at patreon.com forward slash Meltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. Now, Without further ado, enjoy the show.
1: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Gray's Anatomy. Every Grays episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.
0: Greenwich was shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grizzly as They say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom of the to so, mere images of each other. the to <laughs> <large. laughs>
2: The church was deserted, long since abandoned by the Lord and his flock. I entered through the front door and beheld the silence. It was old and unbroken, blossoming from the desert of dust that lay across the altar and pews. I moved to the rear of the church, leaving the silence as I'd found it. The rooms in the back contained nothing of interest save for the pleasant comfort of forgotten places, having slipped quietly the boundaries of memory. "'tumbling into oblivion. "'I moved to the cellar door, "'the cold of the underground lapping at my feet. "'Strangely, it was nailed shut from the opposite side. "'I wondered if Mr. Trill had some idea of my coming, "'having been warned from something "'that walked the other side of the world, "'perhaps an opposing force to that "'which had invited me to transform him. "'However, if nailed-up doors "'were all that he could offer in defense... I returned to the exterior of the church, looking for a way into the cellar. It took me some time to discover the entrance, cleverly concealed beneath the ruins of an old shed. Opening the door, a new silence overtook me. The sound of waiting. The sound of a hunter. It permeated everything. The darkness and the silence belonged to someone who had cultivated it, trained it, cared for it, I had carelessly allowed a white blade of moonlight to slice past me when I opened the door. The cold light cut into the subterranean darkness, stabbing deep into the cellar. Quickly and quietly, I closed the door, repairing the darkness. But the master of those deep places would now be alerted to my intrusion. And yet I pressed on. It was clear what I stalked was no mere human, but a man of prey. Whether he was a true artist, however, remained to be seen. I joined my silence with the hunters, and I moved through the gloom to the bottom of the stairs. Deep in the darkness, a weak light flickered. It was candlelight. This was either a distraction or a signpost. The smell of burning wax hung thick. The candles had been lit long before my arrival. I moved closer to the flickering radiance, wary of surprise. Somewhere, wrapped in obedient shadows, was the other. He would be waiting for me to make a mistake. I would make none. The darkness was not my own, but it would serve me nonetheless. I slipped behind the flitting shadows of the candlelit room, touring as much as stalking. Even in such circumstances, I would spare nothing my wonder. The chamber was large and crowded, as the trembling light revealed the bodies of over a dozen crucified men. They were arranged in no discernible order, most little more than crumpled paper dolls of desiccated skin. Death had frozen horrified and pleading expression to their faces, all save one. The most recent victim, a corpse less than a week old, wore a death mask of an entirely different disposition rage, and indignation. This man was fierce even in death, his sunken eyes still holding echoes of a terrible and interrupted purpose. My hidden host had killed one of his own. Hoisting their corpses upon crosses to be played upon by dimmest light, the shadows danced among them, flitting between worlds. Hayden Trill was indeed an artist. The crucifixions looked like giant, crumbling flowers emerging from the lightless earthen floor, and the dusky basement seemed the perfect greenhouse to foster them. The crucified hunter, its darkest flower by far, loomed above me, a cutting stare for thorns, bearing a heady fragrance of withered rage and broken purpose. As its shadow fell across me, I could feel the void of its dream, still and sterile. The garden was pruned and pampered, carefully arranged and maintained with the diligence of a doting mother. I wondered what manner of thing should want me to destroy such an artist, yet the moment contained a hint of whispered purpose, suggesting perhaps that the beauty of the man's work required my intervention, to allow it to spread and take root. Books and journals lay scattered across a nearby table, a slave to my overdeveloped curiosity, I began to read from them, remorseful for my rudeness. The books were also very pious, bordering on pretentious his journals, however, were not difficult to tolerate; they were the reflections of a man who lived inside a cold obligation, a mechanical penance that unfolded with small emphasis upon its material effects. The reward for his labours were intangible and withheld, merely the hope of reward. His deathly garden was not an end, but a pleasantly necessary side effect of his means. He was an unconscious artist, perhaps the most powerful kind. One who forgets themselves entirely within their work. I didn't need to read the journals long to realize the identity of the man I hunted. He was known as the Crucifier. It was a much less subtle title than my own. And I'm fairly certain it missed the point of his undertaking entirely, as much as my own moniker missed the point of my work, subtlety or no. According to one of his journals, he saw himself as the reincarnated fifth prefect of Judea, Pontius Pilate. He professed nothing less than the destruction of all false prophets, which from the number of his works were more numerous than I expected. Initially, I continued with the journals, hoping to convince the killer I was off my guard, too distracted to afford a proper vigilance. But something truly stunned me, a drawing of a pack of demonic, hungry wolves. It was as if the Crucifier had transferred the image directly from my own dream. However, unlike my dream, his picture included an additional presence, a solitary creature standing amid the sea of wolves hooded and gripping a red crook. The words scrawled above the figure read, The Shepherd of Wolves. Unfortunately, my preoccupation did indeed cost me my vigilance. The crucifier was already upon me, cloaked in a hunter's silence. As he charged from beyond the light, my sister appeared in my hand grinning through the shadows, whispering a warning from betwixt her metal teeth. I took several steps backward, placing Mr. Trill in front of the candles, silhouetting him. A large, stylized hammer was swung at me in a blur, and I seized the arm holding it. I tossed Mr. Trill into the darkness that obeyed him, cowing the shadows rising against me at his behest. Across the chamber, I heard his hammer clang to the floor, far behind the candlelight. I closed the distance and the hunter bent low, avoiding my sister's flashing teeth. Stepping back and lowering his shoulder, he lunged at me with the force of a bull. Anchoring myself in the shadows that would have denied me, forcing them into service, I stood immovable. His momentum crashed across me like a wave tossed against a mountain. He stumbled backward, stunned. I delivered him to the ground with a fist, readying both sisters for the kill. Immediately, Mr. Trill was thrown from the floor as if by unseen hands, brandishing a small silver blade. Hissing like a snake, it struck out all around me, arcs of blood tracing its rapid movements. My sisters greeted polished fangs with steel smiles, filling the air with their glittering laughter and the blood of my opponent. His strength was conditioned well beyond ordinary limits, but it was zealous. More importantly, our respective might was an extension of our dreams, and mine was the night terror to his nightmare. Realizing this as well, he attempted a formidable retreat at one point drawing a bladed arc in his wake that nearly opened my retina. I would have happily allowed him to escape, call it a courtesy between predators, but he was on my list. Just as he all but escaped into the darkness I'd stolen from him, my sister left my hand, flying across the room and finding his spine. His body fell at the feet of his own shadow, stretching long and twisted by the dancing candlelight. I stood over him in my new darkness, looming. His eyes glowed with fury, raging at an unresponsive body, at the shadows that no longer obeyed. I let him watch the shadows he no longer commanded fill my eyes. No words were exchanged, for what was there to say, really? Suddenly, from upon my back, I could feel a terrible unrest. My father was awake. A blazing animus ignited my soul, burning me away. Crackling anger from behind memory and beyond belief turned my mind into fire. Fire in no need of air, capable of blackening the world. It filled me up, overflowing my borders. My teeth parted, allowing a roar from behind the grave to escape my body. My arms flooded with inhuman strength. I lifted my great forebear from his resting place, swinging him high above my head, his edged face gleaming with the amber glow of candlelight. The massive axe passed through the crippled hunter so smoothly, I thought I'd missed him entirely.
0: The three of us here at Meltopia want to thank you once again for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to see how we visualize the world of Meltopia, you can view our artwork on Instagram and our YouTube channel. And for the latest news and updates, give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook. To read a growing selection of our dark fiction, be sure to check out Meltopia.com. And lastly, we love nothing more than hearing from you. So we encourage you to leave a review of our podcast and give us your thoughts in the comments.
1: is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How many of your employees are trying to balance paying bills and saving for retirement? Support your participants today and tomorrow with Vanguard well on your way at institutional.vanguard.com. All investing is subject to risk. Advice provided by Vanguard Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor.